I got stuck yesterday, actually. Did you? Yeah. I wanted to give my kids this experience where we went to see these frozen falls. And I've never been there before. And we were driving down these back roads. And all of a sudden, I go over this this crest. And all of a sudden, I'm on like a massive downhill. And the whole thing was ice. So as soon as I decided that this was a bad idea, I realized the whole thing was an ice sheet. And I'm just sliding down <laughs> with my car. Like I'm sliding down a slide. And then I get stuck at the bottom. And I can't get back up. So I called my dad. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, so he was going to come with his truck. And, uh, so we spent 45 minutes like digging gravel out of the side of the road and trying to cover this like hundred meter hill with just gravel from the sides. And then I called my dad and I was like, bring salt. So we brought three bags of salt. When he showed up, we like salted the rest of it. So we covered the hill with salt and gravel. And then my dad chained his truck to my wimpy little SUV and dragged this out. So and you we made it. I'll be honest, this whole thing sounds like a Dylan Scott workout. Like just take all the gravel <laughs> off the side of the roads and put it in the middle of the roads and then yeah. push your car out. Yeah. That, that, I could see that. That's a good workout, man. I can see, yeah. of course. <laughs> By the time you're done, you'd be sufficiently tired. You'd yeah. have gotten something successful done, you know? It would, it would be getting more done than most of my workouts ever do. Normally, I just finish, put the weight back where I got it from, and then go home. So, <laughs> Yeah, and my kids were effectively traumatized, and it was great. Good. They'll never forget it. Yes, I agree. It's a good memory, or it's a memory. <laughs> it's, a, it's a memory. It's a memory that yeah. they'll get to come back to and then make fun of you for later. Absolutely. The crazy <laughs> stuff my mom gets us into. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I think I've learned one thing for sure is drive as few places as possible with Bethany. <laughs> so you true. You really have that bad of a track record? Yes. Yeah. Well, last time we, I drove with her, <laughs> we're driving back from Spartan at Blue Mountain after a fantastic day. We're what, yeah. eight, eight kilometers mm -hmm. from, from my house? Yeah. Car yeah. just dies. Oh, dead to the world. I'm like, what the heck. So, it, it, exactly eight kilometers from the house. It yes. was give or take, yeah. It, it, that was a sign. That was it. Died a high rocks distance from the house, and it was like <laughs> you need, you're going to need to work on your running. And that's exactly what it was trying to tell you. You know what? That that is a perfect segue to start this thing. Welcome to the OFX podcast. I'm Dave Claxton. Along with me is the devoted dropout Bethany McChesney, and our special guest. Dylan Scott, but I, I, I maybe spoke too soon. I maybe spoke too soon. We're not, the dropout thing is not for sure. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the fence this whole time and I'm still on the fence. This is so, it's so complicated. It's really hard right now getting to events and everything that's going on um, and having COVID-like symptoms. I'm just terrified of testing positive and getting stuck in the States and not being able to cross the border. So I, we've kind of made the decision not to go. 
Um, but we found some insurance situations where it might pay if we do get stuck. So I don't know. I also do have COVID symptoms where it's like, it's hard to breathe. Right. So I also don't know if I'm ready to do a a high rock. So, okay. So, I mean, if we're sitting on Wednesday, the race is on Saturday and you're having trouble breathing and you're in a pandemic situation, I I don't think we can give you too much flack if you pull out. If you're like, mm, maybe this isn't the go. Right. I don't think any flack needs to be given whatsoever. I think she's beating herself up enough. And, yeah. Um, and it's. An, I don't even think it's a case of 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 you know not of one. It's just it's just one of those like, God, the, the FOMO she's gonna feel if she doesn't yes. go. And I think that's what I get really bad FOMO. But it's also like I would go simply to watch you race, Dylan. Well, thank you. Yeah. I would try to put hey, on a good show. What the hell, man? I'm racing. Oh, uh, sorry, Dave. You're yeah. racing. Too. Yeah. I would go. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Good save. <laughs> go on, carry on. I'm going over here. I'm having a drink. <laughs> it's all right, Dave. Well, if Fuck these people give me some wine. <laughs> Dave, Dave, if the race goes the way that you've been talking about it, what's gonna happen? You'll just be at the sled station the whole time. I'm you'll just gonna sit there. You'll just sit down there. Go ahead and have somebody ready to bring you a drink too. Yeah. Do they have a cup holder on the sled? Um. Well, given that there's a literally an image of me basically taking a nap on it, you could probably put <laughs> yeah. a cup on it too. So I, I don't think there'd be too much issue with that. That is a great technique. I like that technique. You just put just your place face it down right and then sip it. Yeah, oh. off the plate. Yep. <laughs> I, that's pretty much what I'm gonna do again. So. How how's your training been going anyway, man? Like obviously you're getting ready. Yeah, um, honestly, it it has been solid. So I have um, I have a couple of like marquee workouts that I go back to when I get close to races, and every single one of those have pointed in a positive direction. Um, they've all been better than before any races that I've done, and they've been better by a decent margin. Um, I've been working on really the strength component to it because I, I can run. Um, and that's held up for me. And so when I look at my run splits for everything, it's like, okay, those are good. So now you need to start getting a little bit stronger, being the kind of the, the, the twiggy guy on the line that most people, when they first saw me line up, I, I've had so many people tell me that they were like, oh, he can run, but the sled is about to kill him. Um, and a lot of people expected that. And luckily it didn't happen in all the races. But of course, that is, that's my weak point, um, that and the wall balls. So really just working on getting that getting that strength component down so that I can move through the stations better. Um, and then also just having that capacity to move out of a station and be back up to speed and running at a, at a good clip up under six minute pace. Um, and so I've been working all of those things, hopping in CrossFit classes more to, to kind of get that and then jumping over and doing my runs. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where things are right now. And if I can show up and execute to the fitness I've built, um, I'm going to be satisfied with the result. Well, and, and keep in mind, everybody said Tobias is too skinny as well. Yeah. And somehow yeah. He's, done, he's done pretty good. He's, he's yeah, done. no, Tobias has done all right. I can't remember where he finished at in Worlds, but I think it might have been before me. Yeah. <laughs> so we were chatting the other day, and, and you were mentioning something that just floored me, and I just want to bring it up. And that's, yeah. that's since your training's been ramping up your food intake, I want to know how much you're eating. Okay, uh, daily basis, yeah. probably five-ish thousand calories. 
<laughs> what I put down every day. I would I would say it's close to that. If if not, at, I mean definitely at times more. Um, sometimes if I get just too busy in a day, it might undershoot and be like four. But I'll have uh, what we were talking about were the major rest days. So pancake days. Say what? <laughs> Pancake days. The I'll pancake never days. Things. Yes, the pancake <laughs> days. So yeah, those days where uh, I I will. It's it's easy eight thousand calories that day, and if I have enough, like if it's a Saturday and I start the morning off as a pancake day, we're going ten thousand, no question, no question. And then the next morning, my joints hurt, and it's a terrible <laughs> idea. I get on my bike and I ride for a little while and sweat, and then finally I'm like, okay, I kind of feel normal again. But within like, uh, I don't know, maybe a 12 to 20 hour span, uh, you feel so rejuvenated. Once, once the kind of like all the junk gets out of you, the next, you, you have like a three day stretch. You're like, oh man, I feel so much better. You must, you must <laughs> go, go ahead, Bethany. <laughs> I just, to hit that number, yeah. like you're not talking clean eating. No, no. No, okay. <laughs> no. No, we, there's, I, I come up with some of the, the most fun combinations of food that you can okay. think of. Um, my, my go-to lately has been, I'll take like a, I'll take an entire cup of peanut butter, like when we're talking about So we'll have a cup of peanut butter, we'll have like eight marshmallows, and then like, I don't know, a fourth a cup of honey. And you melt that, and you mix it all together, and it's delicious. <laughs> And that's like a solid, that's a solid 20, that's a solid 2,000 calories just right there. <laughs> and you throw that down and you're eating that with like two bagels and you're dipping that in. So now you're getting up close to like 2,800 or you so. You dip your bagels in this. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> so, but that, that, I mean, if you did that every single day, then of course, you, you know you'd be fat um but you gotta have some of those days where like and I know when it happens I get on the bike and I pedal and every pedal stroke feels like I'm going up a hill with a 50 pound backpack on and I'm like nope today we gotta recover we are it's pancake day um you just gotta make those calls and so I recover just as hard as when I do like bogus training you know so it for worked. all your dietitian needs, please reach out to Dylan Scott at <laughs> in the life in the toilet.com. How do you yeah. not go to the can all day? Uh, like yeah, that's, I, don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. The next oh, day, do you, ever, like, do you get like the meat sweats? Like, you know, I once went to like, a Brazilian steakhouse and they keep you, bringing you more and more. Yeah. And eventually you've got like the sweats going here. And yeah. When, so that if you start hammering a lot of protein, <laughs> um, that does happen you definitely do get the meat sweats where you're you're sitting there you're like i've got to just strip down to nothing but a pair of running shorts <laughs> and sit outside where it's, where it's 25 degrees and you're like ah i feel i feel good <laughs> i just see dylan out front in a turtle pool his underwear here pancakes and <laughs> <laughs> hot dogs oh man marshmallows melted with peanut butter <laughs> Just wave to the neighbors. They're like, oh, you're taking an off day again, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of quality athlete we recruited for Team OFX. Is we wanted serious quality competitors. Oh, I mean, I mean, you do get you get you get serious training. I, I throw uh, down. So you have that in. 
Oh, no doubt. You, you know, you can eat like like a moron because you train like a moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I train. Hey, you know what? I don't know if I should take offense to that or not. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. In reality, it's actually you train like six morons because you do the amount that six people should do. Like the sheer volume is insane. That's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I one, did. one day I'm going to try just one of your workouts. I'm going to wait till you post on Instagram. I'm just going to try one of them. The whole day, yeah. not one, the whole day. Yeah, well, it will take the whole day, I assume, but, yeah. you know. That's that's fair. Um, one thing that that I do is that, like, I put up workouts and people see it, and they think, like, they're, they're super crazy and stuff like that. And so whenever I run into people, like, at my gym or, or anything, they're a little bit afraid to ever, like, want to train. And I'm like, listen, like, if we train together, you understand I'm not going to, like, do this. When I write up a workout for us, because – my main training partner is a 53-year-old man that I work with at work. Like, I don't train with people often, but I train him three days a week, and we work out together. So, I mean, he sees me do workouts. They don't always have to be insane. So I love when somebody comes up to me, and they're like, I, I would like to train with you, but I don't think I can do that. I'm like, I'm not going to put you through that. We're not, <laughs> you know, it. I want you to walk away and be like, hey, I had a fun experience like training with you. I'm like, I can change up my schedule. You know, I have clearly I have enough time uh, in the day. So uh, I just I mean, I want people to, to reach out and ask about those kind of things like, hey, what kind of workouts would you program for for me given these conditions so that I people don't just think that it's always crazy or that I don't have the capacity to bring it down and be like, look. How about try this, cut these rounds, these reps, and do it maybe a different way to be able to be successful when you go do your first high rocks or something like that. So, you know, since you mentioned it there, right there, first high rocks, very applicable to me too. Yep. Basic advice, people for their first high rocks, because I mean, some people listening, well, definitely anyone from Canada or most people from Canada will have never done one. What do you give out as your tips? What's important? And, you know, training's already gone pretty much. So now let's talk about strategy when you get there. What is important? Okay. Um, what's important from a strategy standpoint, let, let's go with the, the first thing is going to be your shoe choice. Your shoe choice is going to make a, a very big difference. Um, especially when the sleds start to get heavier, depending on what like class you're competing in. Um, because that can, that can make and break your race. If you've got something that makes it feel like you're trying to push with ice skates on, um, you're going to have a very hard time. So shoe choice is going to come first. And what you're going to be looking at there is something on the bottom that has some sort of like waffly kind of rigidity to it um, and isn't something that's going to be like what you might see on the bottom of a pair of vapor flies that is really like flat, doesn't have much, uh, doesn't have any ridges or anything. You want to have something that, that grips. So make sure that you go and actually try out your shoes first on with some really heavy weights to make sure that they're not slipping. So that's going to be before the gun even goes off. So, um, and, sorry, and also that the heel is sort of rigid so your heels don't pop off when you're yeah. so what do you wear um so i've raced every single time and i'll race again in the the new balance uh 1500 v6s um i i started with those and honestly the person i saw wearing them was i saw at the elite 12 toby was wearing them and i said toby is my size toby's pushing these sleds those shoes are probably going to work for me and they have um, so they're, they're the shoe that when people ask me, what do you recommend? That's normally what I go to. And they have a really small tread on the bottom. Um, I mean, I got a pair on yeah, my foot. Right 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to raise my foot up. There you go. Yeah, I see a little like tiny that. tread there. That's perfect. Yep. Mm -hmm. So just like that. Um, and you'll want to get like a couple of training sessions in with them on. But of course, you don't want to wear them too much because then it starts to take down that tread. So I'll get like and two or three. These ones are also a racing flat, which yep. is perfect then for running your uh, kilometer repeats. Yep, very much so. Um, and make sure to do a little bit of training in them because if you don't ever train in racing flats and you start running hard in them, it blows your calves up. Yeah. So want to have that. But um, that would be my first piece of advice going in from that choice. Next thing is um, the ski erg is a trap. And that that's my do not go and attack the ski erg because it's there to do two things. It's there to blow you up early in the race and it's there to also make you cramp. Um, that motion that you're doing where you're jerking down and folding forward, you're basically doing a crunch. And what happens is when you come up and out of that and start trying to run again, side stitches. Um, I had that happen to me in Leipzig. And it was like I had to use my rest in between the sled push and pull to actually dig in there with my hand to try to massage it out. Um, and luckily, it, it gave way. But if you go in and you are too aggressive on the sleds, I mean, not on the sleds, but on the ski, um, that, that's going to sit with you to the race. So... Pace-wise on the, on the ski erg, right? How mm -hmm. would you compare your pace on the ski erg compared to your pace on your rower? Because, I mean, in, for me, like a ski erg is not something I have a lot of access to. So how would I compare those two effort level? So interestingly for me, when I look back at Chicago last year, um, my ski split and my row split were exactly the same. Um, so what, I, what that tells me is that even fatigue, you can row about the same pace you can ski early in a race. When I set up ski workouts, my um, my kind of wiggle room is about five seconds slower. So when I do row repeats on a, with a one-minute rest, I, I go to try to break 145, and then when I ski, it's to break 150. And those are, those are fairly similar. I could maybe adjust it to four seconds for me, but if you're a, a taller guy, the skier in the row, both are a little bit easier because um, you can snap down and of course also if you're a bigger guy so that helps if you're like six foot two and 190 now for me it's just the six foot two 160 but there's still a six two there uh and that helps but yeah five seconds that's a long lever but that's good right because for me i'm doing my sims when i've done my sims and i don't have the skier so i've just been rowing twice to, yeah to, to put it in there and just for time wise and so that seems about right for me yeah, and um, from having been able to use ski ergs, the best thing that I've actually found that replicates the ski erg movement, if you don't have one, is get a roughly 20-pound medicine ball that's going to bounce and do medicine ball slams. And make sure you get really high with the ball, slam and bounce. And what will happen is because that rebounds up high enough, it's going to really take you through that same motion of a ski erg. Now, you can't change the resistance um, and you can't, you have to slam the ball hard enough to make it bounce high enough. So you can't really do it at a light pace. So it would be something that if you wanted to replicate hard ski efforts, a 20 pound medicine ball that bounces um, is a good thing to use. How many times did you get hit in the face perfecting this <laughs> technique? Honestly, none. 
No. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not sure going to lie. It, one for because sure for a couple of teams. I'd have to hit it on the ground so hard to get it to bounce face level. It'll bounce about chest level. And so you because slam. Because you're so tall. Exactly. Don't be short. But That's Dave. The... <laughs> I'm going to stand on a milk crate. <laughs> Dave, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Do they have milk crates by the skier? Because I know they have buckets for the wall ball, so I should be able to stand on the milk crate, I think. Honestly, <laughs> I, I need to take advantage of that bucket. My, my wall balls are so bad. That bucket is the worst thing ever. There's no way that should be allowed in Indian Elite. No, right? no, I completely agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. I look at it and I'm like, there's – I would lose money by not taking the bucket. I'd be like, you know what, I have to $500, $1,000. I'm – I, I don't know. I'd sleep better at night, and I think it's worth it. <laughs> why why do you think your wall walls are so bad? Because, like, from – I'm just – you're so tall. You're so close yeah. to the target. So what is it, then, that makes your wall wall so bad? Well, um, because I overshoot the squat portion, and I hit all the way to the bottom every time because, okay. yeah. Um, and if I, if I could stop it right at 90 – and then be able to toss back up. But what ends up happening is my shoulders start to give out. And when I sit all the way down into it, I basically can just like let the ball sit there as opposed to having to stop and control it and then throw it back up. So I think just my being tall is an asset. But in this case, being tall is also uh, a kind of a hindrance because I go all the way down, all the way up. And it's just slow. I, th I think a lot yeah. of it too is going to depend on the judge you get there too, right? Like you might have a finicky judge and you might have to get down that low because you never know, right? That's the, the one problem I have with wall balls is a, is a, as, as a station in the, in the yeah. whereas I almost think it would be good not to have that bucket, but a unified level, say 12 inches, 10 inches off the ground and, you know, butt hits that thing. And then you throw your wall ball up, same for everybody. So you got your advantage being tall because you're close to the target, your advantage yeah. being short because you're close to the ground, as long as that's at like a reasonable height. Yeah, and I don't know what, I mean, honestly, you'd probably have to look at, I don't know, average population size and then figure out all of that stuff to come up with the standardization for it. But I mean, I can definitely, tell, I've seen people who use the bucket and you look at it and you're like, that's not even, that's not really much of a wall ball there. That's kind of a, a it, it definitely takes away from the movement, for sure. Um, from the but if they slide a bucket for me doing wall balls, the same bucket for Dylan doing wall This is a very different movement. Yeah, well, you might sure. have to jump up onto the bucket. I Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So she should have to stand on the milk crate and then squat to the bucket. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, is. yes. We're, we're going to have to add. We're, we're, we'll, we'll write this up in an email. And, and I'm sure it'll be taken very seriously, like every every other correspondence. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but the bucket is up to my thighs, so it's not very different. Well, and no. wasn't it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it Faye Stenning who used the bucket the one time? All the time. And she, she won. She used she it, not, yes. You should not Pardon? be able to win if you have to use the bucket. No yeah, offense, Faye. Amazing. I, I don't think that, yeah, the bucket in the pro race or at the elite, no, it shouldn't be there. Right. No. It shouldn't be there. It, it's completely fine for somebody who's racing in like the open category, first yeah. time doing it or something like that. I don't care. That That is, I have no issues with that. But with regards to when there's like money on the line and it's a pro race, yeah, yeah you should. 
not have have a bucket there. <laughs> no, no, it, it definitely should be taken out. But, you know, it is what it is. And uh, we'll keep pushing for stuff like that. I'm sure we've mentioned that to them before and we will continue to to hammer them with it. And, you know, I, again, if you can't do a wall ball and you're in the pro division and you cannot perform a, a, a rep properly, you need to reanalyze whether you should be there. Um, I mean, you, you probably can be there. You probably have the fitness to be there. You're just yeah. doing it wrong. Somebody just, you just, they just need to know rep until you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's it. That's the analyzing. That's your judge going, no rep, no rep. And then you finally go, well, I better squat deeper. And that's it. Like it's, but, it's that simple. Right. Though you think like you, you have to have practiced this movement. So at some point you have to have realized like my squat isn't deep enough. So I'm going to figure out an object that makes me, so I hit my butt at this level and then I'm, so then you just practice it. Like if you're going to race elite, then you have to figure out a system so that you know what it feels like to get below horizontal. I mean, yeah, but some, Hey, listen, maybe this person is not a perpetual narcissist like most of us and don't ever video themselves <laughs> until they never know. <laughs> they're like, I'm killing it. And they've never seen that. They're like quarter squatting. <laughs> You're right. I, think I know some people who do the quarter squats and think they're killing it. <laughs> I uh, sit at the gym every day. That's they are all there. Uh, all but, right. Uh, yeah. You, you want me to keep going through? Yeah, stuff? man. Yeah, keep going. Whatever yeah. advice you got, lay it out there. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so on the on the sleds, I think it's a good thing to come in with in your mind a step count that you want to hit each time you push. Um, and so for me, and I think for some other guys that I've actually talked to, it'll be like twenty steps. All right, because you might get you might be really ramped up because you get into that station, and that's the station that scares a lot of people, and they just they attack it. Um, and then they go maybe the whole distance, that first push. And then you realize after the second push that maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, and so sticking to a plan of like 20 step, three deep breaths, 20 step, three deep breaths, and just manage it. Um, and you got to hold yourself to both of those things, the 20 steps and the three deep breaths, not all right, I'm going to take a set of five here or something like that because what it can end up doing is you end up wasting a little bit of time. So you have to be uh, intelligently aggressive when it comes to that um, to get through it. So that would be the sled push. And then the sled pull, if you're, if you're heavy, use that weight that you have leaning back into it. And then if you're long, use that weight by stretching forward and create that long lever. Um, and so like for me, I, I stretch those arms out as far as I can. And then I just, I think strong back pull and then lean back into it. What um, if you are neither of those things? If you are neither of those things, this is going to be use what little length you have and what little weight you have as best as possible. Okay. Study physics and apply it. Okay. Then it becomes angle. You're about the angle then. It's all about yeah. geometry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At that at that point, I mean, you're gonna hey, you're gonna crush the burpee broad jumps. Yes, <laughs> thank you. You make yeah, up time on great. everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so well, that, well, before, that before you go on, I want I want to ask you something about uh, the the push again. So, okay. what I've heard and differences between European sleds and the North American sleds is the height of the bars of the push. The, the bars you're going to push against on the sled. 
So what type of angle do you usually go at? Like, are you gripping high on those bars and almost like getting the back end of the sled up? Are you staying like mid-level going lower? Where are you hitting on those, on those bars? So because I don't push the way that most people do with like this, like front grip kind of, and then driving up, um, cause if you're driving up like that, what's going to happen is you're going to be able to lift that back end a little bit mm -hmm. and then push forward. So you've got less ground like contact with that sled. Now for me, because I'm not extremely strong, pushing up top like that is not beneficial. So what mm -hmm. I do is I flip my arms and I have like this pronated grip and then I put one shoulder into the middle post and I lift up and drive at the same time. So I'm actually holding low and lifting, whereas they're pushing high and lifting. And it's just a matter of your, your strength level, really, and also how long kind of your body is. The fact that I have that length, it allows me to get my shoulder all the way to that center post. So I can have the lifting with the arms, but the pushing, instead of driving through the arms, is driving through my shoulder. And that, that, that could actually save some shoulder strength for the wall balls too down the road. I mean, rather than having stiff-armed out in front of you and putting the load on your shoulders there. Yeah, for, for sure. That can help on that. Um, I mean, I would hope that by the time I got to the wall balls, I'd been able to shake that out. Because, um, I mean, there, it's going to come after the shoulders later when you're when you uh, go with the kettlebells and having to hold that. That's going to fatigue the arms. Of course, the burpee broad jumps are going to eat that up too. So they, they program plenty of stuff for, for your shoulders to be crushed by the time you get there as well. All right, good stuff. All right, so yeah. carry on, carry on. Um, so we get to the burpee broad jumps. Uh, the thing on that is the one person I've seen who can really just pop them off is Hunter, um, where he can just down, both feet up, jump. I think for most people, it makes more sense to do the step up technique where you step where like say you're down in the bottom portion of a burpee step your left leg up right up to your left hand then as you're coming up bringing that right leg forward and when it hits the ground right there your feet are even use that momentum of that left leg coming forward into your jump so you're not hopping hopping you're stepping hopping stepping hopping and that's a little bit slower but it definitely is more uh cardiovascularly efficient it, it works for Lauren Weeks. Yeah, it, yeah. I was gonna say, I watched Lauren Weeks do it. It works for her. Um, I, I didn't see. I don't know if I saw really anybody in uh, at Worlds that were just down up, down up. I saw most people doing the step. Um, I could also be misremembering, but it it felt like to me a lot of people have adopted that, and I think that that's the right way to go um, if you're just trying to save your lungs. And so that's that's what you're going to see me doing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the technique I've been using in practice. Yeah, I, I'll occasionally practice the other one just because it's a little more difficult. Um, and so I'll do like, I'll do jump up and then burpee box jumps out of that one yeah. um, just to practice something that's hard. But at the same time, when I'm looking at timing things and maybe coming up with a, a game plan, I'm doing it predicated on the idea that I'm using the step up. All right. So back All right. To the broad jump. Yep, we're going to the rower. Uh, we're just going station by station here. We're just going to knock it out. Um, for the rower, there, this can be used to your advantage. It, like I was saying earlier, if you're a taller guy, a longer guy, you can make up some time here. Um, but a lot of people kind of use this as, because it's that sort of midpoint of the race, as a way to sort of assess where you're at 
And then because it's the one movement that you're doing where you're seated, it does allow your heart rate to get down unless you're actually absolutely going after it. Um, so for me, I'll get on there and I try to have the same pace on the skier that I have on the rower. Um, so they'll both be around that like 148 ish to 150 kind of pace. Um, and even with the fatigue that's come through, I can still hold that on the rower um, and not be overexerting myself. If I was trying to pull those 145s versus how I said I'll do repeats at 150 on the ski and then 145 on the rope, I try to pull those 145s, that heart rate would come up. Um, and because rowing is, it, it, it's pretty taxing on the quads, really. It wants you, if you're doing it properly, because it should be mostly legs, uh, your quads start blowing up and you're going to need those still for the lunges and the wall balls and the, the kilometers of running you still have left. So uh, go ahead, Bethany. Oh, yeah. No, I was saying like just the quad feeling after coming off the rower when you're still running. like Yeah. So for, for sure on that, um, I even change kind of the way that I'm pulling sometimes. I will go long. And then I'll shorten it up for a couple because I feel like it shifts the muscle groups just a little bit. Um, and it, it, it may be just in my head, but I feel like I feel it in my body. So I'm like, all right, we'll do a couple short pulls and then we'll go long again. And I'll use that variation throughout the whole 1K. I don't have like a set, like I'm going to switch at this point. And I'm going to switch at this point. It's just by feel. And I should have asked this for the, for the skier too. What's the damper settings on for both of them? And are you allowed to touch it? You are allowed to touch it once. You can change it one time um, at the beginning, uh, if I remember the rule book correctly. Um, I would double check on that, but I, I read through the rule book and it was, you can touch it one time, it starts at eight. Um, I don't believe you can start and then touch it. Okay. It, yeah, I think it's, you set it and then you can't touch it. Yeah. So you decide you want to do it at 10 or eight. You can't yeah. go below the number that they say. Um, and then, but when you start it, you can't change it after that. Can you go below eight? I think you can. Nah, I don't think so. So, okay. but, um, so for us, it's six. So for the women, it's six, and you yeah. can't take it below six, but you can go above six? You can go above, but you can't change it once you set it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so men are, okay, so men are eight, women are six. Um, yeah. I mean, I've never, I always practice on eight, um, just because that's what I'm going to be racing on. Yeah. So yeah, I usually like that thing. I like it high. Be yeah. Again, because maybe I'm not so fast, but I do usually have the And knock. if you're used to that, you can always, when you go, you can check it and you can set it to that. Yeah. You just yeah, can't I, it. I don't know if it's worth even the time, to be honest. Yeah. In, in my opinion. From 8 to 10. I, from 8 to 10 is such a little difference. It, yeah. yeah from eight, the time that it would take to make sure that you sight it right, flip it, then you start skiing. That's You're probably two to three seconds there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to make two to three seconds difference, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I don't mess with it. I'll just go in and start. Perfect. Yeah. So that would be everything on the row. Um, so coming off of the rower, you should feel like, I mean, you're going to be fatigued at that point, but that should have been the one time that you're going to be able to kind of compose yourself a little bit. And then honestly, the row into the, uh, kettlebell farmers carries, that's probably the easiest portion of the race. Um, if you're, if you're not cramping up or anything like that, I would say those are the easiest back-to-backs. Um, so when you get to the kettlebells, it just grip and rip. Uh, that's all you can do there. Just grab some, grab some chalk real fast. Um, 
and then hang on, lean forward just a little bit, let that weight pull you forward uh, as best you can, and just let it go. Uh, don't try, try as hard as possible not to set it down. Do you know what has been the worst for me in training? Um, Farmer's carry? Yeah. I have to turn around every five meters. Oh, yeah, that sucks. But, but, it, but have you been, so have you gone like 200 meters of 70 pound kettlebells yet? No, I had to stop. I had to stop because of all the turning. I, I, I yeah. set it down once. Yeah, I was going to say the turn, the turning definitely gets you. Um, because it, you, I mean, you have that whole momentum swing. I'm like, and I'm like doubling the time, you know? <laughs> and then how long do you have to go each time? Like, how far is your stretch before you have to turn? Five meters. Oh, my bad. I must have missed that. On yeah, that. yeah. So okay. five meters. Yeah. So boom, 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 boom. Like 40, 40 lengths. Yeah, no, that's a, that's so much turning. Um, but yeah. With that, basically, if you if you can hold those for two minutes of that, then then that's what you're going to have in the race. It's going to be about a... It, yeah, it's it's gonna be anywhere from the fastest person probably gonna do it in like one twenty and change, and then in the the two minutes is where you would see like the majority of people. Yeah, or right up under. So if you can hold it for two minutes, then you're you're probably fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're when you come out of that, it's gonna be a weird feeling because you drop that weight and all of a sudden your body feels real light and your shoulders just kind of like they sort of hop up on you. Yeah. Um. And so you come out of that, and that's maybe one of the spots where it's easy to want to fall asleep on the run because you finally get, like, some reprieve. You're like, ah, I can rest a little bit. But if you're racing, you kind of want to keep on that. So that's a – I don't race with a watch or anything. I know I believe David McGee does, and so he's like a just split, split, splits. Um, if you're somebody who never trains with a watch like me, you probably have a feel for it. Um and when I look back at my times from uh, from Chicago, I think my last four stations, when I was coming out of them, the splits coming off of those were within two seconds. They were all like, they were between like 354 and 356. It was just bunched together. So you want to make sure that you keep that intensity there and don't let anything tail off and see if you can grab a few seconds by just keeping your head in the game. Um and after that, you go to the lunges, and that's just supposed to blow your legs to pieces. Um, and I, I don't have really any other advice for the lunges except be tough. Like, just put that thing on your back and be tough. Um, and don't and drop it. Like, don't don't, don't fall don't over. Dro yeah. What is the so the rule on dropping it? It's a like a five. Is it a five meter penalty? Ten what meter. is that? Ten meter. Ten meter. Okay. Yeah. So. How do they enforce that? They back you up ten meters. Yeah, that's okay. what they're supposed to do. But we all that's know, what they're like, supposed to do. we all know the you know the infamous Katie Knight incident where they just yeah, it for him. yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I mean, in a in a younger sport with volunteers, yeah, people are gonna mistake the rules, and you know, if you're gonna sit there and have to argue with somebody about it when you're extremely fatigued that late in the race, yeah. you get to the point where you're just like, screw it, I guess I'm disqualified, even though. I mean, maybe from now on, just march through and then let them DQ you in the end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's maybe your best thing. Just be just be arrogant. Be like, nope, I know the rules. Um, and even if you don't know the rules, just go for it. Well, and just, and you know what? Even if, honestly, you, you make a great point there. And if you're not certain, but you're like, that can't be right, just say, okay, you know what? DQ me, but I'm going to keep going. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then just yeah. keep going as if you're not, because then 
they might go, oh yeah, she made a mistake. And maybe they penalize you a couple minutes for not going back 10 meters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, but of course we don't know how we're going to react in that moment. Uh, when you're super tired like that, your, your brain's not thinking, right? You're not like, well, you know, if I put together all these different circumstances, I think the best choice is you're yeah. just like, well, I'm pissed. I'm DQ'd. So. And honestly, that's one of the reasons in sports and stuff where it's great to have like an, an advocate, a coach, someone watching on the sideline to, yeah. to be there on your behalf to, to not negotiate, but to talk through these things who can be the head while you're the physical, you know? Definitely. And, but it's also good to visualize, like, if something like that happens, to still be able to stay in the zone and still race it. Because if you get in that situation where you're like, am I DQ'd? Should I keep going? If I should I have taken that then to still be able to race after that so to visualize before the race you know something happens and it kind of like throws you off like to still be able to get back into it because nothing is said and done until after the race is finished and the judges or whoever makes these decisions could still look back and say like you know we'll just give you a five minute penalty versus totally DQing you and if there's anywhere where we've learned that things can get changed after a race, if you you you, you complain enough, it's here. Because, I mean, we, we did our share. Right. Yeah. And actually, Bethany, I think back to Course Extreme when you were right near the finish line and you were about to finish and right. let you retry an obstacle. <laughs> right. Yeah. It happens all the time. It's like these are, again, we're dealing with new sports and we're dealing with also a volunteer based system. And so, like, volunteers don't always have everything in place, too. So, like, some, exactly, like, someone, when I raced that race in Montreal, like, someone wanted me to redo the obstacle, or I was, and it wasn't right, and I knew it wasn't right, and I was arguing, and again, like, there's just these situations that come up. So, to be able also to, like, shift and still be able to finish your race, um, and it also, you have to understand the rules, you know, if you're going into these events, like read the rules. If, so you have to know what happens, you know, don't drop the bag. If you trip, you fall, you drop the bag accidentally. You have to know this is what's going to happen. I have to go back 10 meters and go from there. So it doesn't throw you off the whole race. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they, they don't send out the athlete guide for nothing. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's there, but that's part of it. It's part of doing your homework. So, um, yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree. And even with the fact that, say, it's a new sport, I mean, even with old sports, how many times do you have, like, a, a, a weekend ends and there's a headline about referees in the NFL and the mistakes that they made? No. And that's well put together. So there, there's always going to be errors Absolutely. to that effect. Mm -hmm. The, the yeah. other thing for, for the lunges, too, I've been doing just to help me is I've been training with have heavier weight. So I've been going with 80, 80 pounds instead of 66. Yep. And just to, yeah. to hopefully make it a little, feel a little bit easier. And also not having to turn every five meters will be helpful as well. As I say, and, and with using that heavier weight, how many reps, like rep schemes, um, are you using? So are you doing 20, 30? Oh, so for me, when I'm doing that, like I'm talking about when I'm doing the sim and I'm doing the whole distance. Okay, you're doing the whole distance at that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I'm using the 80 pound bag instead, and it's not as comfortable yep. as the sandbag. So that one should be good. But I, you're 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 absolutely right. That is the part when I have done the practice where my run is the worst. That is the oh worst, yeah. worst run by a country mile. Yeah, every I think everybody comes off of that sandbag and and their legs just feel trashed. Um, and so that's one thing that I like to practice is doing lunges at a slightly heavier weight 
and going straight into running and doing it again and again and again and just like blowing your legs up and then making them come back um because that's that's really the entire race it's what it is how well can you work really hard and then figure out how to run again yeah and you know what the worst part about that run is it's the longest run because it takes you the longest and the whole time you got to think how am i going to do 100 wall balls after this like you have longer (laughs) it's horrible it's it's so true when you get to the wall balls it is honestly this feeling of you look at it and you go i'm gonna do 100 of these all right. Like the only, the, the way you do it is the way you eat a Buick one bite at a time. Like <laughs> that's all you can do. Um, yeah, they, they definitely humble you. So when you do your wall balls and I've yeah. seen some of them, I mean, now like I, I think about, uh, you know, Brent and, uh, and then, and watching Sam go out and some of them just go out and just do as many as they can in a row. Do you hit it with that? And then, and then just do whatever is left after that. Do you hit it with that strategy or you like go, okay, I'm going to pace myself at the beginning and then try to smash it at the end. How do you yeah. do it? Um, it's basically, I'm going for as many as I can. And the problem is I'm not as strong as Brent. And so it's normally a much lower number. It's just, I go in there and start putting them up. And like, you, you set a mark in your mind. You're like, man, I want to at least get the first 20 out of the way. So you try to go in and at least knock out 20 of them. And then after that, you're just holding on. You're like, all right, let's see how many sets of 10 I can do. Okay, I can do three of those. All right, let's see how many sets of five I can do. And then you're like, okay, maybe I'm holding fives together. And then you get to the end and you're like, all right, I'm going to do one more set and I'm going to do 15 here. And then I'm going to stumble to the line. Um, So, yeah, it's knock out as big of a chunk as possible as you can off the start and maybe save two reps is what I would say. Save two reps because – what you don't want to do is get to those last like two reps where you're questionable and then get no reps. And then that sucks because then it's like, well, that's an extra one I have to do. Plus it's just, it, it hits you right in the face. Like, it's a no rep. Um, so, but my, I, maybe find somebody else who has a better strategy because my last wall ball set was absolutely abysmal. <laughs> in music. So uh, don't trust me. <laughs> yeah. So after that, you stagger across the line, you stand on the podium and you cash the check, right? Um, if you, yeah, if you get on the podium, (laughs) if you get on the podium, uh, you stagger across the line, you hope you got on the podium and then you'll get the check a couple months later. Um, it takes patient, patient, it'll get there. But, um, that, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for this weekend. I I, want to come across the line. I want to collapse and have nothing left having known that I, I went out there and I executed on the fitness and the hard work that I've put in. Um, and you know, if that doesn't get me in the top three, that's fine. As long as I race to the potential I think I have, I'm not going to be mad at myself. Um, I'll be a little frustrated and I'll go home and I'll think, all right, how the hell do I beat these guys? Um, and we'll, we'll work on that, but it's not going to be a, uh, maybe a destructive cycle that some athletes get in when they don't like come back and finish in the same position that they might've finished the year before. Um, or they have these expectations of themselves and they don't meet it uh, where they really just, it, they take it super, super hard, super personal. That's all you are is whatever that finishing place is. Um, and you just got to break that cycle. If you're going to be happy with what you're doing. So that said, going into this weekend, what is your goal? What's, what's your goal? Do you have a time? Do you have a place? Do you have a dollar um, figure? Yeah. I want to be on the podium again. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the podium again. And and if that, I mean, I don't rule out any podium spot. 
Um, I know if, I mean, if I'm a, I'm a calculated guy, I think about these things. I know what my odds are against certain individuals. Um, but I do not rule out going out there and taking the top spot because Hunter was supposed to win at Leipzig. I went into the wall balls before Hunter. Yep. I've seen like, he's a great athlete. Dave is a great athlete. Um, and I mean, so I don't know. Ryan Kemp might be there. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on with that. He's a great athlete. Yeah, it's it's up in the air. I do not know. Um, but with all that said, I mean, you have to be a little bit delusional to keep on trying. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of look at him like, well, you know what? I didn't think I was going to be here. No reason to think I couldn't make it maybe a couple more steps up. So I'm going to swing. Um, well, and I think and- ultimately, like, this is why we race. Because yeah. you just can't, you can't make predictions based on like people's anything from the past. Like any given day, it could be anybody's day. So for sure, why we race? Because everything could fall in line for one person on that day. So you can't like at the place you're at, you can't count yourself out. You can't count anybody out. So like for you to dream about winning this race, I mean that's not out of the question whatsoever. But and that's why you stand on the start line and you race because it could be anybody's day. For sure. Um, and even with that, like in mind, like I say, hey, I could finish in first. Mm-hmm. I also know that I'm racing guys that are really, really good. I could finish in seventh. There are I can sit there and I can list off the you names of people where I could say, I mean, people I didn't say earlier, Cole Schwartz, Rich Ryan. If Brain yeah. goes out and has a good day, so that's yeah. six people right there that can beat me. And so I could be seventh place. And you know what? If I go out and race well and get seventh place, all right. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, and, and so everybody's going to come out there, and I hope they all have the mindset that they're ready to fight because we're going to fight. Yeah. Love it. Love it. That's fantastic. Um, that said, yeah, some of your competition, like you said, I mean, Hunter, David Megida, yourself, Victor Quesada, Cole Schwartz, Brent Hastert, Rich Ryan, like, these are great names. And Ryan Kent is a maybe. I personally don't think Ryan Kent's going to make it. That's okay. Well, I know Victor's not going to be there. Oh, okay. Because Victor was, well, had told me before that he was. And then he things- was coming. Um, from what, from last I heard, he isn't um, because of the issue with yeah. uh, vaccinations and stuff. So that's just what, what I know from him. I, he, he had recently said that he wasn't going to be coming. Um, if somehow, he he does end up there. Cool. Put him online. Let's go. Yeah. If if you're there and you're you're able to find you follow the rules to get there and stuff, sure. Let's race. And uh, and again, we haven't really touched on it, but the women's field, the women's field looks awesome too. The women's field does look awesome. Um so before we even do that, uh, congrats to Lauren Weeks. Yeah. On her yes. uh, uh welcome to adulthood and impending doom and our condolences. Stop so- it, Dave. <laughs> Nobody really wants children. She is expecting, and she's due it in July with her first. This I would have gave her mine. Stop the doom <laughs> Dave, wait, Dave. How many, wait, how many kids do you have, Dave? Two that I'm aware of. Two that you're aware of. Okay, that's fine. It's understandable. I mean, yeah. that, see, you, you, you might have They're not might have one out there wandering really. around. <laughs> and they're, and they're, wait, they're how old? 21 and 18. You're going to be 19 in March. They're adults. Given, okay, so. Oh, wait, wait. My son did an adult thing today. 
He did. He's proud of him now. Dropped off a check for a parking ticket. That was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday. Sorry, there was no adulting today. That, oh, that's fine. He but, he re, he relapsed. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, <laughs> in it, childhood, it was my fault too. So he he actually did it for me. But very exciting for Lauren. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and she might still be there this weekend, and she might still race. Yes. Yes. As I say, because it's early. I mean, it's very early on. In, it's in early service. and assuming like she'll just she'll do it to do it but obviously yeah. she's not going to push but like that'd be exciting to see her there so but with her fitness level I, I still would not be surprised to see her still blow us all away like just, you never know what she's sitting there, there like do not put expectations Please, on the pregnant yes, woman yes. to go yes. win the world championships i am not i am not i'm Please just saying not put expectations on <laughs> pregnant lauren weeks thank you no there, listen, the, the expectation on pregnant Lauren Weeks is to go out there and have a, a go out there and have a, 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 a wonderful child in July. Yes, enjoy no. yourself and like don't push it. Like just she's come on, Dave. I bet she's probably mostly upset that she can't go have a beer with us. That is probably what's upsetting her right now. It's I don't fun. think that's Lauren Weeks either. Like, she's like, ah oh, crap. That was my plan. Dave, she can. She shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> seriously Can, super should. happy for lauren i think she's gonna be a great mom they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna do awesome it'll be fantastic so that was one person yeah. <laughs> um rachel vondrak i admit i'm still not sure she's been off living the most fabulous life in the world in hawaii and uh, I've, I've heard scheduling conflicts with her as well yeah. making it so i don't think she's gonna be there yeah, yeah, and that was the same in what I've heard too. Is that she's, we'll we'll, we'll just say she's she's day to day. Yeah, daytime um, decision. Yeah, well, we'll probably not going to be there. But if she shows up, she's always. I mean, she's always a threat. Yeah, yeah. she'll be fit. Uh, one uh, one new name into the entry, Corinna Coffin, though that is serious contender. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, again, super fit, and I know that she will really push for the podium there. So we'll have. Well, we'll have Corinna. We'll have uh, Chris Ruglowski is supposed yeah. to be there. Yep. Um, we're going to have Tara, Tara Jackson. Uh, Jackson. Yep. And we're going to have OFX teammate, Heather White. Heather White, yep. Yes. Um, who else you got on the list, Dave? Uh, Sarah Harrison is going to be there. Okay. Of, and Sarah uh, Harrison just competed in Wadapalooza in Miami. How did she do with that? We, we had a girl from uh, the gym that I trained at down there. I don't know how she did. No. It was, it was tough because they really, on the coverage, I mean, the coverage was decent, but they focused really predominantly on the top. Yeah. And so you really didn't, unless you scanned through the list, you didn't really get to see the yeah. rest. Um, I really missed the ticker on that thing. I, I, I need that ticker up there when the count reps. I can honestly go in and check right now and yeah, see, yeah. like, how she did. I think there are a couple of workouts within that, uh, within that um, event that might be indicative of how she would do. Mm-hmm. Um at, at in one of these races fitness wise so oh, i'm not sure if her if she's got high rocks fitness or if she's got crossfit fitness and as we have seen those are vastly different things yeah, yeah. and a bit of fatigue still coming off a four-day competition weekend so. okay yes fatigue, fatigue of off of a four-day competition <laughs> that damn twelve thousand calories on the sunday and she'll be good to go yeah exactly i saw your training today dylan <laughs> no taper <laughs> i'll start tomorrow 
Okay. My taper starts tomorrow. I have like 50, I got like 56 hours or so when I have to be ready. 56 hours is an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, nah, I'll be ready. Hopefully Sarah will not be wearing the same white gloves she wore the last time we saw her do high rocks because those things looked like they were three times the size of her hands. Uh, <laughs> kind of hope she does. <laughs> we remembered her. Yeah, yeah, she stood out. She stood out. It was, she was yep. one person on the broadcast that was super easy to pick out because they were these giant Mickey Mouse gloves. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of for it. I think that should be her thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Beth, considering the women there, and, and I think this is very interesting with, with Lauren in her happy situation and Rachel being very questionable whether she's coming, that really, really opens up the podium, like massively. Yeah. So if you were to take your, your top three, and you know what, we didn't include here the fact that Bethany McChesney may still make it. <laughs> okay, Bethany McChesney is also still recovering from COVID, and I have a hard time breathing. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to see Corinna Coffin throw down. I think this, like, she'll probably be in that top three. Um, Chris Roglowski is super fit right now. Like, she just, she did a DECA last weekend, and, um, she dominated the field by over a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, a really close time, what was she, 20 seconds off? seven seconds off seven yeah so yeah i don't know chris uh chris could come in and really throw down here at high rocks um again it would probably come down to the sleds her fitness is there yeah i don't know and then Alyssa holly's coming out too right Alyssa holly yeah she's got experience Alyssa has had experience with high rocks um the sleds She's a strong, strong competitor. So, like, the sleds aren't an issue for her, too. So, I don't know. And I don't know what Alyssa's been doing lately. So, you just, she could have really been focusing in on this event. So, I don't know. That podium positions also could be really interesting. But those are the top three women from what I'm looking at. If we, if, like, obviously, Lauren, I'm I'm not even going to put that on her at all. Rachel, yes, if Rachel shows up, she's obviously going to be a top contender. But then, like, Corinna, Lauren, Chris, sorry, Corinna, Alyssa, and Chris Roglowski are going to be, that's my predictions based right now on what I know for that, for those podium spots. So, you go ahead, Dylan. You tell me who you think you're going to have. Um, so, I'm going to take, I'm going to go uh, with somebody who you didn't have in your top three actually winning. Um, I will take Tara Jackson to uh-huh. win. Corinna Coffin second, Rugalowski third. Nice, nice. Um, and with, and I think a very good battle up top between I, one and two could flop for me. It could, it could be Corinna could win it over Tara, but I think it's those two who really fight it out. And, and Chris takes up third with fighting for that third spot with Alyssa Hawley. See, nice. I was right. I was with, I was with you. I had Tara Jackson, but I had Tara in second. I, okay. I coming in second, and I had Corinna in first. Just I, yep. I think Corinna just this event just always seems so built for her, and yet she's yet to have that real, real performance where you know all of a sudden she just stamps it. And I think it's coming. I really believe it is. And in third place, I'm taking Heather White, completely unbiased, and and but she's an OFX girl. No, no, that's not why. I <laughs> okay, never no. play favorites. This is serious. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? In fair, Heather's got great experience. She's done these yes. many, many times. She probably has the most experience of any woman in the field at this. Yeah. And she's darn good. She's got the power. Like she may not, she needs to improve that foot speed. But when it comes to going through the station, she's top notch. So those are, those are my picks. Okay. All right. Uh, the women, or sorry, the men. Go for it, Beth. Oh. Ugh. Okay. I'm going to pick Dylan Scott to win. Woo! Oh my goodness. That's okay. Okay. No favorites here. No, no, no favoritism. It's only because oh you're my. not pregnant. Otherwise, she wouldn't. It's only because I. <laughs> Dave, actually, I came on this podcast to let you know. <laughs> Come September. <laughs> um, no, I, I honestly, Dylan, I think you're capable. And I would love to see this happen for you. Um, and then I'm going to pick Hunter for a close second. And then. Um, I think it's going to be a battle here with David and Cole, but I'm going to pick maybe David in third, but I think it, there's just going to be so many. And then Rich. Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You keep, we keep forgetting about poor Rich Ryan. Like he's just, you know, one of the, but best. he's there too. <laughs> like, I just think this is going to be such an incredible race here. Um, yeah, we just have so many guys who are just really gunning in towards races like this. Um, and like all, and they're all kind of coming into really good fitness right now. But um, yeah, we'll go we're, just for fun here. We're going to go Dylan, Hunter. Actually, I'm going to put Rich for third. Rich for oh, third. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Rich for third. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna put this on uh, on there, and um, I actually expect, and because I think he's more focused this time, and he's got a bit of anger in him, I expect Hunter to come back and smash this pretty hard. I yep. don't think he will break his record, but I do think he will go sub sixty. And um, yeah, I'm I'm expecting an, an angry focused on Hunter on this one. Yeah. If so, I I taking Hunter for the win. Um, again, I think Megiddo will come second. Megiddo has been really getting close to that 60 minute marker. Um, and again, has focused quite well on this. So I got him second and, uh, Dylan, I have Dylan, you set for third. And again, I'm not, I'm not playing favorites on that. I really do think you'll come third, but I think it may literally be a photo finish. I think there could be six of you on the wall balls at the same time. At the yes. end. I don't think that's, and not only do you think the six of you, there could be six of you within 50 wall balls of each other at the end. Yeah. 100% agree. Actually, Dave, you're, what, what you say is basically how I see the race playing out if we played it on paper. Mm -hmm. if, if we played it on paper. Yeah. Um, I, I see myself taking third, David taking second, Hunter taking first. And then I, hold on, I will say this. I'm also premising this on the fact that I don't think Kent's going to be there. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Me too, but, yes. That's fair. Um, so you need to keep visualizing these situations here, Dylan, where you do like a hundred wall balls straight because you're in this like neck and neck race yeah. with David and um, Hunter and you just find this like deep energy within you that you've never felt and you just hammer out a hundred wall balls. Well. And you I'm just visualize this over and over because this could win the race for you. I, I will I will try. I might have to become religious. Um because I think <laughs> no, all you just you just you meditate on this. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I'm just kidding. 
but uh yeah i mean it, dave you're right it's gonna it's gonna come down to that it's gonna be a very tight race right there at the end um and the race on paper is what you have but we don't race on paper so right we'll um, see what happens it, it is it is anybody's game anyone can win and the world championships prove this that yep this, this is like you say it's raced on the course it's not raced on paper if it was we wouldn't do it right yeah. You know what, guys? I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Bethany, why don't you take us home? Yes, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And we will do a recap also on this weekend and tune in. We will get as much coverage as we can this weekend. And good luck and um, all the best this weekend, Dylan. And we will keep everybody up to speed on what's going on. We forgot one thing. What? You online training. We were supposed to mention, we were going to mention this in the beginning, we get a chance. So Bethany is now offering online training for those of you looking for a killer coach who don't want to do seven hours of wall balls and eat 12,000 calories a day, but maybe want to work out in a more traditional manner. Bethany, what do you got going? Yeah, so I, I've done on, I've done coaching for a long time. Um, but yes, I, I do online coaching now. I do specialize in running coaching and OCR as well so those are my two primary focuses so yes if you want coaching um hit me up and how do they get a hold of you uh Instagram would be great so at bethanymcchess.com or you can always obviously always message the OFX podcast as well and we can just transfer you that way that's right and don't let her sell, her, sell herself short she's an amazing coach and she is a kick-ass athlete thanks for tuning in everybody